Hey, this is Bruce Boudreaux, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 143 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholz. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host up in Wisconsin, Mac Vogel. What's going on, buddy? Living the dream. I can say that now because I have a nine-to-five office job, and that's a cliche. So, um, yeah, no, it's been a, been an interesting start to the week. Had my first couple of days at the new job, so... Uh, just getting getting adjusted, feeling a little extra tired, not used to uh, two long eight-hour shifts in a row, but I guess uh, welcome to paradise to me, right? Oh, yeah. Two tickets to paradise. Well, you got a one-way ticket to paradise. Uh, welcome to the party. It's it's a pleasure to have you. Um, I got home I got home from work today, and I was like, I can't believe I have to do that three more days in a row forever. <laughs> forever like literally forever yep it's uh it's brutal it's definitely not fun um just want to say that nick is out of commission today he's feeling pretty pretty shitty so uh we are hoping he went too hard at the caps game last night yeah he's like i'm not feeling like oh you drink you drink a little too much at the caps game probably right (laughs) so i'm hoping nick is feeling a little bit better um so it's just gonna be us two today uh, before we get rolling, just want to notify you guys that our interview guest for today was one of Max's friends, actually, uh, out in Los Angeles, uh, Morgan Miller, LA Kings super fan, just joined us. Uh, we just wrapped up the interview a couple minutes ago. Appreciate him joining us. Um, you know, it's nice to get some West Coast coverage of some of the California teams. So he did a great job of doing that. Totally. Yep. Season ticket holder, lifelong Kings fan. Um, he knows his stuff, as you guys will find out. So uh, we had a fun time chatting with him. I'm sure he'll be back on at some point, and hopefully we'll have more uh, more fans of all NHL teams. I love having new new guests on to talk about teams that we don't get to talk about as often. Yeah, for sure. It's always nice to get like a super fan's opinion on like their team, just because that's how you know we do with State of the Union. It's cool to get other people's perspectives too. And it makes me feel better about like my like such heavy bias towards the caps too, because I see that every fan is like this for the most part, where it's like we asked him, we're like, So are you guys gonna beat like the wild? Mark Andre Fleury's pretty hot tonight. And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah, five three, no big right. <laughs> Which is exactly um, what I probably would have said about the caps. So <laughs> Yeah. So we definitely want to thank uh Morgan one more time for joining us. That will be in the middle of the episode. Uh, we're going to fly through this one on a little bit of a, a time crunch, so bear with us. Uh, before we get started, just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It is Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh brackish life let's hop into the league news right away uh matthew kachuk already making his headlines for the season with suspensions uh he got suspended two games for high sticking la kings's goaltender jonathan quick the other night mac did you get a chance to see this highlight and what were your thoughts if so i did it was a really weird play it was late in the game um he was like in the crease and he he kind of like got the tip of his stick, like almost caught in like the like the cat eye of Quick's mask, and just like they zoom in on it, and he just ever so slightly like turns his stick over so that the like blade like flips or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he knew what he was doing for sure because he's he's like kind of looking at it before he does it, and it's Matthew Kachuk, so you kind of gotta you kind of gotta. You got to argue that he knows what he's doing, even if maybe he didn't. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a weird play. I literally had to watch it like four times before I was like, okay, yeah, I guess he did that. But quick like went down in a heap. He was like freaking out. And then like later in the game with like literally like two seconds left and like as time expired, they both were like in the crease, like pushing and shoving each other too. So 
there was a whole kind of skirmish all about it. And I, I think two games seems appropriate. Yeah, I think I think anybody else maybe one or a fine, but given Kachuk's track history or track record, sorry, um, I think two was probably expected at that point. Yeah, you know? they want to nip it in the bud and they're like, Hey, we see what you're doing. Stop doing that shit. Yeah, yeah. But um that was definitely took its way around Twitter and everybody felt the need to comment on that one. And a lot of which are still Oilers fans, which I will always <laughs> find funny. So yeah, we chatted um, with uh, Morgan about this in the interview that you guys are going to hear. And he had an interesting perspective because he was actually at that game too. So uh, yeah, stay tuned yep. for that. For sure. Uh, Peter McNabb, sad news here. Uh, the former NHL player and television color analyst for more than 25 years with the Colorado avalanche died on Sunday. He was 70 years old. Just want to, give our thoughts and prayers to the McNabb family and the Colorado avalanche organization. Um, he had a 14 year career. That's all and finished with 363 goals and 818 points with the Sabres Bruins Canucks and devils. He ranks 14th all time among American players in goals and 21st all time among American players in points. He was inducted into the U S hockey hall of fame just last year. So definitely some sad news here. And, uh, you know, just, sucks to hear almost uh almost a thousand games in the nhl so hats off to him gone too soon definitely sad news yep uh moving on this one is a little bit of a eyebrow raiser so um for those who aren't aware it's been said that the ottawa senators are going to be up for sale um their owner has definitely not been in the good graces of the fan base in previous seasons so i think they're all looking at this as a good thing but, and I can't remember where this was said. Was it like the late night show or, or? He actually went on Jimmy Fallon to talk about this. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is apparently part of the investor group that is looking to purchase the Ottawa Senators. He was talking about how he grew up in Canada. Um, I think he initially said, was it Vancouver or Edmonton or some, somewhere else in Canada that he initially grew up, but then he also spent a decent amount of time in Ottawa, like later in his childhood or so, something like that. He has, he has ties to the area. Um, and so he was saying he, he has some interests there, but um, he also mentioned that he would need, uh, as he put it, like a sugar daddy or a sugar mama to help him go in on a partnership to purchase it. So it'll be interesting to see how that, all plays out. I mean, I'm kind of for this happening just because I feel like if a, a really mainstream celebrity such as him uh, acquired the team, like maybe he could do something with it, like make it more mainstream or like make yeah. people give more of a shit about it or something. So especially the Ottawa senators, not a team that like Americans, I can say yeah. like know about, like if you have a very casual hockey fan, they might not know who that is. Well, know? I mean, just the fact that he's like interested in buying it has already made a bunch of people go, what? And Google Ottawa senators and be like, Oh, that's an NHL team. Like, you know what I mean? So it's already sparked interest just cause he's interested in buying it. So all I can think is if he actually bought it, like more people might be like, Oh, what's this team that like Ryan Reynolds owns? Let's look it up or whatever. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so. This will also put things in perspective. I think the sale of the team, from what I saw, like an estimation, is like somewhere in like the 500 to 600 million range, like something like that. Sounds about and right. The Washington Commanders are rumored to sell, are you ready for this? For $7 billion. Yeah. That's, to, the, uh, that's the difference between NFL and the NHL for you right there. Yeah. Um, and that and, should be. Uh, and a team in the District of Columbia versus, well, I guess it's the capital of U.S. versus the capital of Canada. I never thought of it that way, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's rumored. I think the commanders, I read something. It was like Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z are going to buy them or something like that. Like it's a wild tandem of, of ownership group right there. But um, nonetheless, okay. moving on. Uh, the Mitchell Miller situation in Boston, uh, you know, we're going to we have to touch on this. It's been talked about a bunch in the media this week. Um, for those of you who don't know, I, and I don't have like all the, the, like when he was drafted and all that written down here, but Mitchell Miller was signed by the Boston Bruins, um, I guess over the course of last week. And there was a lot of controversy, cr controversy because in the past when he was, I think like 13 or 14 years old, he was, um, bullying a 
disabled um, black fellow student and was like, Mac, what was the thing that he did? He like took a lollipop. He like dragged it in a urinal and like tricked the kid into eating it or something like that. And there was yeah. all kinds of other like alleged incidents too. I don't know. It, it was yeah. apparently like an ongoing stint of like pretty aggressive bullying that took place over the course of a while. Yeah. And I, apparently like when he, when it was found out that he got signed by Boston, like the mother of the victim of his bullying, like, you know, a couple years ago, like five or six years ago, like came out and spoke and said he never apologized. And the incidents were happening nonstop, like back in the day. I don't have the information in front of me of when he got drafted. I think it was like 2020 or who drafted it him. It was by the Coyotes. Okay. Um, and it was it was like he was supposed to go early because he was a pretty good player, but no one drafted him because they all knew the backstory and they were scared about the backlash, didn't want anything to do with him. And then the Coyotes like randomly took him in like a later ish round. I don't know if it was like third or fourth round because they were like, I don't know. I mean, he's supposed to be good or whatever. We'll take a chance. And as soon as they did, obviously, like everyone blew up and was like, you can't do that. Like, you know what yeah. this kid did? So they cut ties with him. And then basically the thing, the same thing just happened with the Bruins. Like, they, I guess the Bruins thought enough time had passed where they were like, uh, we're going to sign this kid. And evidently, no, because the entire internet exploded and was like, what the fuck are you doing? And then actually the NHL came in and was like, yeah, he's actually not even allowed to play in the NHL. So So nonetheless, that signing fell through. Um, But when it did get announced that that was going to happen, it obviously made its way around the internet. So um, if you saw anything about that, we just kind of wanted to fill you in on what the situation was there. I think it's pretty unanimously agreed that uh, he did some pretty shitty things and uh, according to this, you know, this, the the story never really apologized for it. So that's a pretty shitty thing to do, honestly. Um, so, yeah, uh, no, no more controversy after that, as the contract fell through and the NHL stepped in, like Max said. So um, speaking you know. of controversy, let's move on to another hot topic here. Uh, this is something I saw on Twitter and thought was really interesting. Former NHL player and current NHL analyst uh, Mike Rupp uh, had a very interesting take on a current uh, a certain situation involving Austin Matthews and the Philadelphia Flyers a couple nights ago. Um, long story short, basically Matthews after a play, like after a whistle, um, was kind of getting a little chippy with I believe it was Travis Konechny of the Flyers. And Matthews, the important thing here is Matthews was the one that was instigating this. So, you know, after the whistle, he's kind of pushing Konechny and, um, you know, instigating with him. And, you know, Konechny and the Flyers, tough customers. So he comes up to Matthews, like, ready to fight him. And you can, you can see, like, his body language. He, like, wants to fight Matthews. And Matthews is just kind of like giving him the wry smile and just laughing like whatever. And so all the Leafs players come in, come to defense, start tackling like all the Flyers players. Matthews is the only one in the situation like not engaged with anyone. He basically just like grabs another Flyers guy and just kind of like stands there and like looks around, like doesn't do anything. And so basically Mike Rupp, made a video kind of voicing over this whole situation and saying that this is a bad look for the Leafs, bad look for Austin Matthews. Uh, And he made it clear that he doesn't think Matthews necessarily had to fight, but that it takes a toll on a locker room. And this is an interesting take from Rupp because Rupp was a tough guy in the NHL too. But he basically said it takes a toll on the guys in the locker room when you have a star player that's constantly like instigating this shit and then just like letting everyone come in and fight his battles for him. Um, so that was a really interesting take. I'm curious, kind of Harry, what you think and also what the fans think. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge Mike Rupp fan. Um, I thought he was a a real good role player in the NHL. He was a penguin for a while. Um, and I agree with a, a lot of his takes. I actually do agree with him on this. Um, you know, I get that like the new age style, like, you know, it's especially with Matthews, he's known for kind of smiling or laughing when people are like grabbing him by the neck or punch him in the face. And albeit like, it's kind of like funny, you know, he's the, 
he's the big dog on on campus when he's on the ice and he's just kind of making it known that he doesn't care what anyone does to him and he laughs it off but at the end of the day eventually you gotta have to like stand up you know and answer the bell and he's never really done that and i think the interesting part is you know when you compare this to some of the older school guys like sid or ovi i mean both those guys especially against brandon dubinsky back in the day just did they took care of business themselves and you know, I agree that maybe Matthews didn't have to fight, but maybe you threw a punch or like. And a that's slash. not to say that's <laughs> not to say that Sid and Ovi like are big fighters or whatever. Like, obviously, those those are dudes that have plenty of guys on their team who are there to stand up for them too. You know, Ovi's got Hathaway and Wilson to fight his battles, but Ovi is more than capable of fighting his own battles, and he's not afraid to do it. And same with Sid, to his credit, like he'll he'll get down and dirty if if it comes down to it. And maybe it's just that Matthews is still a little younger and a little more immature. Maybe it'll come, but I do think this is a fair criticism from Rupp. Um, and I mean, just Leafs fans on Twitter were just absolutely like, oh, this is the worst, like biggest L take I've ever heard. Like, you have no idea what you're talking about. And it's like, yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> Yeah, sorry that you, uh, you know, sitting there drinking your Molson, watching the game in your basement, know what you're talking about. But Mike yeah. Rupp, an former NHL player, coming from like, a guy who literally made a living off of protecting NHL stars, like I think he has, I think he knows what he's talking about when he says like these guys are happy to protect their superstar teammates, but at a certain point, like it gets a little old, and it's like, all right, dude, if you're gonna instigate some fucking bullshit after the whistle like multiple times. How about you fucking grab somebody and actually do something? And Matthews is a big boy. I mean, he can he can hold his own. He's like yeah, six three. You would think so. Six three, like two oh five. I mean, he's a he's a pretty decent sized guy. Um, I would also say this, and this is no this, I have not fact checked this at all. I'm just firing from the hip. I can't remember seeing a clip in my life where Matthews or McDavid dropped the gloves with helmets off and duked it out. No, I don't think so. I with anybody. Can't. I can't remember anything like that or even anything really close to it, to be honest. No, I, it, it doesn't ring a bell. Um, but anyways, you know, obviously Matthews had to go home, rest up and recover that night from such a hard fought battle with Travis Konechny. Well, you can also recover like Austin Matthews after not fighting Travis Konechny by wearing cane footwear. Uh, before we move on, let's take a second to talk about cane footwear. They are changing the game by providing a unique shoe focused on recovery while being made from sustainable materials. The Cane Revive is made with bounce-back foam created by Brazilian sugarcane. A renewable resource, sugarcane helps reduce greenhouse gases by capturing CO2 as it grows. Cane's unique bounce-back foam provides the ideal balance of cushioning and support to help the body recover. Head to the link in our social media bios today to grab a pair of the most comfortable shoes you will ever own. Alrighty, I think it is time for the Morgan Miller interview, so we're going to toss it off to Morgan right now. And it is now my pleasure to welcome onto the Empty Betters podcast, friend of the program, Morgan Miller, season ticket holder of the Los Angeles Kings. How's it going, man? I'm good. Happy to be here. What's going on, guys? Not much. Thanks for being with us. So uh, we'll, we'll get to the, the King stuff pretty soon, pretty quickly. That's the main main thing we're going to discuss with you. But um, we'll start it out how we always start our interview guests. If you want to just go ahead and kind of tell us what we like to call uh, your hockey origin story. So like how you first got into hockey and like your first hockey memory. Sure. I uh, grew up like in the suburbs of L.A. And there's not much hockey going on out there, but both of my parents were from the East Coast and my mom grew up like on Long Island as an Islanders fan, played field hockey growing up and just wanted her like all three, me and my two brothers, all three of us like grew up playing roller hockey in a league um, near our place. And I was a weird kid who just like loved learning stats and like weird facts. I mean, when I was probably seven years old I got a the like stat record book from the like 0304 season and just read it for fun so like I just I have, love that I have uh a lot of useless hockey information and 
half of my brain is just like remembering guys. I love that. That's like kind of a lot. I feel like super fans as kids, you know, they just, you got all these weird stats locked up in your brain that you could probably still recite. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, my mom's favorite story to tell everyone of me being a child hockey fan was being like, yeah, six or seven years old and asking her what name was funnier, Lubomir Vishnovsky or Vitaly Vishnevsky. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And honestly, the world may never know the correct answer to that question. It's Lubomir. For sure. Oh, okay, we do know the answer to that question. I, I guess that's true. The more I think about it, that is that is funnier. <laughs> I, I so part of the hockey origin story I like to ask, especially for fans, is like who was your favorite player, your childhood hero growing up, um, being a Kings fan? Uh weirdly enough, it was Timo Solani. Oh, okay. So my oldest brother, who is also a Mac, uh is a diehard Ducks fan. I still uh, don't really know how that happened. <laughs> um, but he was a Paul Correa guy. I was a Team Solani guy. And uh, I mean, on, on the Kings, Ziggy Palfi was like probably my go-to guy growing up. But I had, you know, in my sports card binder, I had like four pages of Solani cards. And then for whatever reason, my second favorite player was Bill Guerin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Worth worth noting that uh, Morgan and I happen to be playing each other in fantasy hockey this week, and his team name is North Korea, spelled like Paul Korea. So, oh, the, I like that the connection there. <laughs> I I've always wondered, um, and I'm sure that maybe there's a couple other listeners because most of us are East Coasters, I believe, um, who listen to this. What's like the determining factor between like a Kings fan and a Ducks fan. Cause you know, I've been to California like once in my life, it's all Southern California. Like to me, you know, uh, that's a good question. I, I feel like a lot of Ducks fans probably like stuck onto them around their cup run in like Oh six or seven or whatever. Or like, I think the reason my brother is a Ducks fan is because he's like a couple years older than me and grew up with the movies. Okay. So naturally, it's like, oh yeah, sure. That's I, fair. I've seen that on gotcha. TV before or whatever. But I always stuck with the Kings for whatever reason. My first jersey ever was a Brian Smolinski Kings jersey. <laughs> that's I, awesome. I, is it? Weird? I don't even know who that is. Like I, exactly. And I feel like I know every <laughs> hockey player that's played the last like thirty years. He but I guess was not. like <laughs> he was a perfectly average guy who was on their third line, and I really liked him i guess okay cool um well appreciate you sharing the hockey origin story I, let's uh let's hop into some king's chat going on for this season um i did not know you were a season ticket holder i just thought you were a super fan so one that's really cool um two they play the wild tonight don't they they do i'm, I'm headed there right after uh we finish up that should be a high scoring contest in my opinion um what have been your thoughts on the king so far this season the goalies are bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I can. Well, see yeah, that. why don't we why don't we start with the goaltending? I was specifically going to ask you about it because I mean, Quick it's is tough. you know he's he's Jonathan Quick, but he's getting old, and he's, Cal Peterson is. Eh. Quick was great last year. He was he like was. very fun to watch. Played great. <clears throat> Peterson, I I don't think I've ever been sold on him. It's funny to see like other past. Kings backups go on and like have success like you know Jack Campbell although not really this year yeah. but uh, Darcy Kemper like all these yeah. dudes played for the Kings and never got a chance because of quick which is I mean obviously he was great for a very long time but it's I mean I as a diehard Kings fan I kind of hope they trade quick <laughs> okay Fair enough Sounds I like the honesty. enough to do it do you see this team as a playoff team this year? Yeah, it'll be close, but I th- I think they I think it can do it. Quick's not going to be this bad all year, mm-hmm. and I mean I I think the like middle six on the Kings are I don't no one no one cares about the Kings in general because I feel like all, all of yeah. hockey media is focused on the East Coast. Yeah, but most of it the. I mean, I think that Arvidsson more Dano line is so good, mm-hmm. and the I mean, honestly, even their fourth line, which is 
I think they've been doing Lemieux, uh, Grundstrom, and Lazat. I think Lazat is. I mean, no one. <laughs> I no rave one about Lazat. What did you say? I rave about Lazat. I've watched. They He's played so the Penguins good. last year. Yeah. They played the Pens last year. One game, I was like, who is this guy? And then I like, I feel like maybe once every three shows, I'll bring him up. Like, oh, Blake Lazat. Undrafted, never played a game in the AHL. Just works his Damn. ass off. I didn't know game. that part. That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, he's he's sick. I I think I think Trevor Moore is he's like my favorite player on the Kings right now, but he's so good, like shorthanded as a penalty killer. He's he gets a breakaway like every game on the I am a big Trevor Moore true there for sure. He's he's definitely one of the more underrated players in the whole league. He's so good. And it's like I don't know if this has made it to the East Coast, but it's become like a recurring joke that He's from a town called Thousand Oaks, which is two towns over from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So I have to be like, oh, yeah. I mean, I like no kids. I went to school with him. So I'm like, yes, he's oh. like our guy. There's never any players from California. The yeah, hometown local boy, kid. yeah. Yeah, Love that's that. awesome. Well, I think it's I think it's I don't know if the word's funny, but um, I think that, you know, the fact that you were talking about the goaltenders maybe being subpar so far. I'm looking right now, and it looks like the Kings are third in the NHL, the third worst um, goals against. So they've given up the third most goals in the league this year. Uh, only Columbus and Anaheim are ahead of them, but <laughs> but they have scored the fourth most goals. So there, there's a lot of goals in these games with the Kings right now. Maybe we should bet the over tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I. I assume they're going to let in four to five every night, which is brutal. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like really tough, but it makes them, it, the game's really fun because I do think they're not like, they're so not a flashy team. They don't have a star. Like, I mean, Kopitar is still awesome, but mm-hmm. who, I mean, who was like tuning in to watch Ante Kopitar at age 36 or whatever? Yeah. Right. Like, cool. That guy's really responsible. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get that. So uh, they're currently what seven, six and one. I think they're in, I mean, it's still early, obviously, but just for argument's sake, they're in third place in the division. You got to think that Seattle is going to regress at some point because they're, yeah. they're behind Seattle, but you got to think that that can't keep up all season long. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw one Seattle game speaking of the teams that have no stars, like holy shit! I I mean, yeah. Veneers is good. Shane Wright uh, barely exists. <laughs> uh, Accurate at this point. But no, I I mean, actually, I want to pull up the standings too, and now look at it with you guys. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I I had L.A. as my sleeper team coming into the year. I thought that they had a pretty good lineup in terms of like that. Doesn't seem like they have any weak links up front. Maybe on the back end, but. On like all four lines, they've got legit players, mm-hmm. dude. I, I mean, absolutely. I think even like Kaliev, that guy, I think has one of like the most underrated shots. Oh yeah, in the league. I mean, I'm Kemp too biased, but Kemp, Kempe. Uh, yeah, Kempe. I mean, yeah, that guy is essentially turned into a second liner for them. But also like Ayafalo is injured right now, and he's another just solid guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be good to get him back. Probably another couple of weeks or so, I'm thinking, right? Yeah, I think it was relatively short term. What's your thoughts on the uh, Quentin Byfield situation? I know he he was out for a while, and then I think I saw that he's like going on like a rehab stint in the AHL now or something like that. Yeah, he just got loaned back to the rain. Uh, I think it's tough because those top couple lines are good. I feel like they got to throw him into the deep end a little bit. I don't I don't know anything about like actual player development, but I'm like, you're not giving the dude enough minutes against tough enough, you know, right. opponents to kind of grow his game. But there are certain times where you can like see him on certain shifts, like whether it's a board battle or he'll get a breakaway, and you're like, oh man, this guy can go. But he I don't feel like he gets enough opportunity to do that because he ends up being on the line with like Grunstrom and Lemieux or whoever, and he needs to play with better people. Two names that we haven't mentioned yet, and I'm um, looking at the stats here. They're both leading your team in scoring, so I want to hear 
your thoughts on them so far. One being the big free agent acquisition, Kevin Fiala, and then another guy that um, our other member of the program, Nick, who's under the weather for this, um, he gave Velarde. He's been ranting about him all year long. What's been your thoughts on those two? I love Gabe Velarde. I've been like, I mean, since his, I don't know if his first season was last year or the year before, but since the first time I saw him, he's been someone that I like have wanted to have more of a spot in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he's, no one is better like behind the net than him. I think if you watch any of his shifts, he's posts up down real low. He's usually behind the net. He wins every puck battle and he just never shot. Like he, he's had a bunch of crazy injury stuff. I, I think he hurt his back for like a full season. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I don't know if they were like, Hey, you should try, you know, shooting the puck. But I think, I mean, what he, he has nine, 10 goals already. Yeah. Something like that. Nine. Yeah. And I mean, he seems to get on the score yeah, sheet legit. every game. He's he, I don't, th- I mean, I don't think he's going to be like a 30, 40 goal guy. But, He's been playing minutes with all the big boys mostly, though. So, I mean, that helps. Yeah, I think he's been on the power play, too, which is great. Fiala is interesting because I was really, really excited about it. I don't think it's, like, not a good fit or anything, but I haven't been blown away yet. He's, I, I he's, was... he's an interesting guy. We've had so, – uh, we actually had a diehard Minnesota Wild fan on our YouTube channel for an interview, and it was, like, mixed reviews. Like, yeah, you can see it, but there's times where maybe he takes a couple shifts off, you know? Yeah, I mean, he'll I, – I, I, like, try to keep a close eye on him whenever I'm at games or or even just watching on TV. But he's – I mean, he's got wheels. Like, he's very, very fast, can beat most people. But I haven't – I don't know. He's – I haven't, like, felt his presence watching them, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. when I – you know, I'm trying to think of who uh, – like, when you see Trevor Moore – or he, you're watching a shift that he's playing. You're like, oh shit! I know where that guy is. I can tell he's leaving an impact on it. But I don't know. Fiala's he's not there yet for me. Yeah, I, it might take a couple more games. I mean, maybe like at the 25 game mark, he'll find his comfort level. I mean, it's kind of crazy. We're already 14 games into the year, but at the same time, it's like we're only 14 games into the year. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, weird. I think he's been playing. His line has been with. Kopitar and Kempe, I think. Yeah. Which is great, but I feel like if you put him with, I mean, obviously Kopitar's like an amazing playmaker, but if you put him with Velarde or someone like Deneau, I think it might be a better fit. But they don't want to break up the Deneau more Arvidsson line because... I wouldn't. That's a gritty it's line. It's so good. That's, that. I think that's easily one of the best second lines in the league. So I got to ask you a couple nights ago, you were at the uh, Saturday night game, right? Where the Kings hosted the Panthers. Um, that was kind of a crazy game back and forth. And uh, it's also the game where Kachuk got his uh, suspension for high sticking Jonathan quick. What, it, what was the atmosphere like in, uh, in the arena while that, while that, all that shit was going on. It was a, uh, it was a little tense. It was, it's hard to know in situations like that, like exactly, you know, you're not hearing what they're reviewing. I saw that quick got hit. I wasn't sure if he got elbowed or something because that is also something Kachuk would do. Even looking at the replay, it's, it's like super subtle. And it was like, I had to watch it like three times to like, see where he like twists he like it in just there. Flicks him a little bit. Yeah. It's so weird, but like, clearly it had a big effect. I mean, quick like went down pretty hard and I mean, all the announcers were were like freaking out about it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, you know I was also at the game last season where Lemieux bit Brady Kachuk. That's awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but no one knew in like you, I obviously when you look at the replays, it's like very clear what he's saying in the box and like exactly what he's communicating. But it just looked like a scrum, and they sent Lemieux off, and you know. Brady Kachuk is complaining, which is classic. And probably the whole stadium's like booing because they're like, what the yeah. hell? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, like it was not communicated. It's not like you get a penalty for biting. So it was actually kind of similar to that where we're like, why is what's the big deal here? But also, I mean, game was over at that point. It was in the last yeah. like, or so. Actually, I think it was Gabe, Lavo- uh, Gabe Velarde that scored the game winner in that one from a tough angle. Yeah, no, that was a great game. It's a hell of a memory. Um, <laughs> 
So we've talked a decent amount about the offense, which obviously is clicking. Uh, we've talked about the goaltending. I'm just curious what your thoughts may be back on the blue line are. Obviously, Dowdy's the big name there, and then everybody else I feel like gets lost in the shuffle. Is there any names that pop out on the blue line that maybe people should watch out for? Yes. So Dowdy's been good. I think Mikey Anderson's great as like a guy who will never have recognition or get he he gets crazy minutes, but like he's not running the power play because that's dowdy. Every team uh, needs a defenseman like that that's just gonna be like no name, but like do their job. Right. I mean, you probably love Nick Jensen. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He so Anderson's great. Love him. Uh Matt Roy is like kind of sneaky physical. He'll he'll put people down. Dursey is interesting. I don't know if you guys pay any attention to that guy. He, he's like, he's great in, in fits and starts. Like he'll try to like walk the line and do Kale McCarr shit and then turn it over and it'll lead to a goal. But sometimes he pulls it off and it's great. And like, he's very aggressive when he pinches in, which again is cool if you have someone to back you up, but there was a game I went to actually the first game of the season. Uh, they played the Knights on opening night and it was like, I think it was tied with about 30 seconds left. He spent 10 seconds behind his own net trying to set up a play, <laughs> turned it over. Kings lost in the last 20 seconds of the game. Oof. It was like heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all because he was like trying to do something above his skill level. Do too much. Yeah. Yeah. That said, he, I mean, he's good for the most part. He just, every time he makes a mistake, it's like glaring. Yeah. Um, God, who's on the third pair for them right now? It's Edler and Clark, right? Alex Edler's still playing hockey. I actually had no clue. It is Edler. Uh, Daily Faceoff has it as Sean Walker, but I'm sure they probably saw him in and out. They've been, they've been rotating out. Brent Clark has been playing as the, he's, I think fifth overall this year. Right. I was going to say, he's like one of the young gun prospects, isn't he? Yeah. And he's, he's been good. I mean, he hasn't been noticeable, which is good. That's good, a good yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like playing safety um, in football. <laughs> exactly. And he's been playing with Edler who, I, I mean, honestly, Edler's solid, okay. but he, he destroyed his ankle last year at a game I was at. And I, I mean, I saw it. I was like, "That he's not going to come back. Was he going to heal his ankle and come back at age sixty or whatever?" <laughs> um, but no, he's he's been solid. And then they have a couple of guys that they swap out at the bottom of the lineup. It's like Clark Walker. I don't think Jordan Spence has played yet, but he's solid. Um, but they're. I, I don't think Bjornfoot has played this year either. But he's an amazing skater. But that's about it. So all in all, I mean. I'm trying to gather how you feel about the Kings. And I think you feel kind of good, but you don't want to say it out. Right. So do you, I mean, I know Mac asked if you think they're a playoff team. I mean, what do you, what does your heart tell you? I think they're a playoff team. I'm looking at the Pacific right now. Okay. Seattle's going to drop. Edmonton and Calgary will stay within two and four. Mm -hmm. So I think they're probably a wild card team. Yeah. Which is fine because I mean they took the Oilers seven games. Right. Like, right. They they can win a game. Yeah. Uh or win a series, I mean. Um I it's it's early. It's early. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, it is. I really want them to not be letting in four, five, six goals a game. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely understandable. And I, I have to put you on the spot just because this is empty better so i need that score prediction for the wild kings game tonight so i know what i should or should not be betting oh man uh i'll from take the, hip. the kings all right let's let's say five three kings with an empty net love it i'm on okay love it Mac, it's the over <laughs> for our listeners there we go the man, i hope i nail that jeez if you do, we'll definitely clip this and you'll look like a guru. So that'll be nice. <laughs> um, um, all right. One last thing, because uh, this is a, a Jersey loving podcast. And I know you've expressed your disdain for the uh, the King's normal 
uniforms. So I got to get your opinion. Like what's their best Jersey. What do you think of the reverse retro and what's so bad about the normal kits? All right. I am a full Jersey nerd, like big time. Mostly Uh, me and Nick are like the big Jersey nerds here, but Harry will, Harry will play ball. I, I, uh, reverse retro is great. I mean, what else are you going to do? It's purple and gold. Right. Um, I mean, that logo is classic. I don't think the, I, I don't mind the crown logo from like the early 2000s or the shield with the cross sticks. Um, but I think that's too recent for them to pull the reverse retro thing. The current logo is so boring. Like I. It's bad. It's it's tough because I, I feel like they've brought back the uh, alternate jersey with like the Chevron logo, Gretzky era. I think that jersey's great. It's got the silver around the sleeves, silver helmets that people have strong feelings about. How do you feel about the Chrome Dome? I have to ask. I'm down. Why, I'm, why not? I'm it, down it, with it too. It it does make them look like you're playing EA NHL. Uh, yeah. Watching on TV. <laughs> you were claiming they look better in person, right? I think they do. Yeah. I, I think it's cool. I think the the crest on that one is like shiny i have that jersey and i love it um but i mean they need they just need to go back to that logo i think full time yeah like i feel like everyone is just kind of falling back to whatever they did in the 90s which is probably better yeah yeah i I would agree i I feel like if you keep silver and black as your main ones it's got to be like the gretzky logo but if you don't you got to be you got to have purple in there somehow i i don't i agree with you I feel like they're hesitant to like shift it away from the current one because they won those two cups, like with the, like these uniforms and they're like, you know, they don't want to like turn over the leaf of that era yet, but like they were, they were pretty good, like with Gretzky too. So, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I I think if you flipped that current alternate and just made it black with the same silver sleeves, made that your home and away set and did the, they have that other like weird gray alternate that I, yeah. It has the same logo, but yeah, make that your third jersey. That's fine. Yeah, it's okay. It's better, but I, I give LA credit. They work the Chrome Dome way better than Vegas ever worked that like Golden Dome. That, Those were that awful. much I agree with. <laughs> the, yeah. the Vegas ones are tough because I feel like that that actual like metallic gold isn't. I guess they have it on the jersey. I don't know. It's but, weird. Vegas is weird. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> they are weird. I'm. I still haven't been to a game in Vegas. I'm trying to do that, and I want to go to the uh, Mullet Arena this year. I got to plan a trip for that. I would love to do that too. That'd be so. I fun. did one game in Vegas because I have family out there, and I saw them. I think they played the Canucks. This was like right before COVID. Highly recommend. Just the the location is perfect. Yeah, I I, I was in Vegas a couple months ago, and like walked. I was just walking down the strip, and someone was like, "Oh yeah, there's the arena," and I was, it's like tucked behind buildings and you can't really tell yeah um, but yeah I, i'm going to a game in nashville next week too which i'm excited about i'm trying to oh that'll be awesome wow, that'll be sweet they're also playing the wild so yeah i damn i gotta get to more nhl arenas it's like i'm gonna try to get to as many as i can before i leave this earth one day that's kind of my bucket list so we'll see but uh morgan we really appreciate you joining us and uh you know, filling us in on some LA Kings happenings. Obviously, we like to get some West Coast stuff in here, um, given our East Coast bias. So we appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll get you back on to preview the playoffs when they make it. Oh, don't hey. don't put that kind of pressure on me. But I'll <laughs> all right, man. Thanks, Sounds guys. good. Thank you. Big thanks to Morgan for coming on the podcast. It was a pleasure talking to him and getting to know him. And uh, you know, we I definitely enjoy hearing what West Coast hockey fans are all about and i always think it's cool to hear the hockey origin story his was pretty unique yeah it was a fun one um and i echo what you said and and what i said earlier in the episode too uh definitely fun to chat with some fans of nhl ba- uh, uh sorry nhl fan bases that we don't <laughs> have to chat it. with that much <laughs> that's the miller light speaking yeah that's um, true <laughs> Just a quick injury update. Uh, Andre Palat of the New Jersey Devils out eight to 10 weeks. That sucks. Um, the NHL three stars of the week this past uh, week, the Dallas Stars left winger Jason Robertson coming in at number one. 
Colorado Avalanche center, Nathan McKinnon, coming in at number two. And the San Jose Sharks defenseman, Eric Carlson, coming in at number three. Um, Not going to touch on too much gambling. I would honestly encourage all of you to go follow us on Twitter. We tweet out all of the trends that we see, our picks for the Knights um, over on Twitter. So definitely go give that a follow. We're trying to incorporate like a segment where maybe it's not just reading stats. We get a little more interactive with it. So um, until we figure that out, in the meantime, go follow us on Twitter. It's my best advice. Uh, and we're going to do a little power ranking update. Uh, this is something that we want to start including, uh, maybe instead of the stud or dud segment, which so, by the way, if you told me that this was the, the five teams we're about to say <coughs> here, if you told me that these were the five best teams in the NHL after a month, uh, like when we did our season previews, I would have told you you were fucking crazy, but, uh, that's the world we live in. <laughs> the top four teams. I'm pretty sure all of us unanimously said are missing the playoffs. So we literally did. Um, there's that one. So coming in, we'll start at the bottom coming in at number five. And this is what me and Mac put together. This isn't any, like anybody else's list, uh, coming at number five, we got the Carolina hurricanes. They're sick. They're really good. They're exactly as what we thought advertised. Freddie Anderson looks great. The defense is solid. Ronta has come in and won the games that he's needed to win. They've got depth out the ass up front. They're a wagon. There's no doubt about that. Um, coming in at number four. I don't know how. Uh, and Mac, this one's insane. Mac, Why? Mac, me and Mac bashed them, and Nick said that they couldn't get their shit together and before the season started. But the <laughs> Dallas Stars somehow. Why are, are they good? I don't understand. I mean, Ottinger is place. good, and you know. Jason Robertson is good, but like I don't get why Sagan and Ben are still good. I I really wanted to believe that those guys are like just done. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I don't know how much you are into like advanced analytics. There's a Twitter page that I follow called J Fresh Hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really good. I'm familiar. And there's there's some like five on five goals expect, expected over yeah. average or some shit. Yep, I don't yep. know. Two of the top five were Rupe Hints and Jason Robertson. Yep. And I was like, yeah. okay. No, it's true. Hints is good too. It it's a weirdly deep team. I mean, don't forget they they were in the Stanley Cup finals. It, granted, it was like, you know, kind of a Mickey Mouse year, but <laughs> they were there <laughs> yeah. not too long ago. And another guy who's really stepped up there, uh, Mason Marchment. He's been mm-hmm. really good for them. I think he's leading them in goals too. So yeah, Dallas looks good. Um, their first place in the Central Division, and and they're cruising. I can't believe this team at number three, but the New Jersey Devils are the hottest team in hockey right now. I think they're on a seven game heater at the and moment. And what a, what a weird situation too, right? Because they've got Palat, who's now out for like eight to ten weeks. Last I heard, um, they've got Mac Blackwood, who came out swinging out of the gates. And I was like, Oh, was I wrong about this guy that he's not terrible? Cause he actually had a few really good games to start the season. And then he had a couple bad games and then now he's like hurt. And I'm not sure for how long, but it's not like day to day. But Vanacek has been playing well for them and that. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, they we'll see how long that one lasts because again, it's the Metro tricky division and with those injuries that might set them back a little bit but props to them they're at third in the nhl a month in and one name that you gotta you know keep your eyes or i'm sorry your ears open for um jesper bratt i mean he's been lights out for the devils he he's in he's in the mvp conversation at this moment in time with mcdavid um you know maybe with i'm trying to like who's another player that could probably get thrown in there. I mean, McKinnon's probably always in there. Um, He's top notch. He looks great. So Jesper Bratt for the devils. Big time. Uh, Keep your eyes open for him. Uh, Number two, (laughs) Max new favorite team, the Vegas golden Knights led by Logan Thompson, their rookie goaltender. He looks really good. Jack Eichel, Mark stone. All the guys are clicking VGK. I would honestly say, me and Mac might flip flop. I think Mac would have the Bruins one, Vegas two. I might flip flop those. I think Vegas yeah. might be the best team in the league right now. I mean, I would like to say that they are because fuck the Bruins, but I just the Bruins like no one can beat them. I know they have the exact same record as Vegas at this current moment in time, uh, but they just like 
they just look so unbeatable every time they're out there. Yeah. Uh, and I also, I mean, I don't know this. I'd have to look at their schedules so far side by side, but I tend to think that the East has some trickier opponents a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. I'd give the advantage to the Bruins for that reason. Cause I'd, I'd imagine they've probably played a couple of harder games, but that might not be true. No, I, I think that might be fair. Um, it, it, it's a one-two race between VGK and, and Boston right now, so um, you can't really go wrong with either. Uh, Mac, I'm going to toss it off to you for the Washington Capitals <laughs> State of the Union, which I love the uh, the two-word title that you have for them in our notes right here. Yeah, they're weird. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a strange hockey team so far. I, I don't know what to think. I mean, we literally have everybody in the world injured right now like let me just let me just pull up this list because it's actually pretty comical to just read it off like the way it is um but while i'm pulling that up i can talk about a couple other things the oilers game the other night was a little bit encouraging i mean we still let in a lot of goals but it's also the oilers and um i mean there was a lot of good there was a lot of good that i saw i thought ov looked really really good might have been his best game of the year Kuznetsov finally woke up. I mean, he has been a ghost all season long, and I know I'm hard on him. It's only been a month, but come on. He's supposed to be like our best player uh, with back or our best center with Baxter out, maybe even with Baxter in. And um, he, he just hasn't been there. But last night he had three points. Um, he had a couple of really nice goals. Ovi's between the legs pass that, that was, was sick unbelievable i can't believe he's 37 and still doing that shit um but what i'm most excited about is some of these guys that we've kind of uh picked up here we've got sonny milano all of a sudden and he's only played two games but i've really liked what i've seen uh and now all of a sudden we've got nick august nick abe kubel who i think he's a, a hell of a four checker he's a tough son of a bitch he just kind of stay like a champ Stirs the pot. Yeah, he is Stanley Cup champ. But um, no, I mean, he's only played that one game, but I, I like what I saw from him. I like both of those pickups. I think it adds a lot of depth. Here's the injured list. And this is funny. This literally sounds like I'm reading out like a team or like an MVP like candidate situation or something. Everyone I'm about to say is like injured, like somewhat badly for the Capitals. Dmitry Orlov, Nick Backstrom, Connor Brown, Tom Wilson, Beck Malenstein, Carl Haglin, John Carlson, TJ Oshie. They're all Jesus out. Literally Christ. every single one of them is out with like more serious than day to day as their diagnosis. What's so. Carlson's deal? I don't understand. He was day to day. He was day to day, but now he's missed like four games. So I'm like, that's basically week to week at that point because he's been out for like a week. So I don't know. Kemper goes down. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) No, he's had some injuries in the past. We might not need him. Chucky Lindgren looks like a freaking beast. Yeah. Your your boy, your boy. Yeah. I don't know. They're a weird team. I'm glad we got that. uh, Cause I think we had lost like three in a row. So I'm glad we, uh, we got that Oilers win. Only three. That's nice. Well, that's what I was about to say. I'm I'm glad we got the Oilers win because I what I didn't want was to play the Penguins with both of us on a massive losing streak and like one of them gonna continue it. So yeah, well that game's happening tomorrow night. I'm sure you yeah. and I'll have some fun. I'm for not that. I'm not ready for it. Like why I don't want the Caps Penguins matchup to happen yet. <laughs> no, I don't either, and, and for good reason because the the Pittsburgh Penguins might be the coldest. Not might be they are the coldest team in the league right now. They've lost seven straight games as of this recording. Dropped a huge game on Saturday night against the Seattle Kraken. I put up a blog on the Daily Goalhorn with a bunch of stats and details that I don't really feel like going into because my heart hurts and I don't want to talk about it. So if you want to go hear my thoughts about um, advanced analytics and all that, you can go read that article. Uh, but I'll leave you with two thoughts. Brian Dumoulin is the worst player in the NHL. Cut him and send him to space. <laughs> oh we do not God. need him. He's send dead him to, to space. He is dead to me. <laughs> Listen, it was fun in 2016 when we were winning cups and he had wow. his jersey up like like he was like Ezekiel Elliott, like chugging Bud Lights. That oh was fun, Brian. God. I had a good time doing that with you. <laughs> but 
you suck now. So we need to figure <laughs> out a way to get your contract off our books. And the other guy that I just can't fucking stand because I, I give him a chance and he just never takes it and runs with it is Kasperi Kapanen. He has three goals in his last 50 games as a Penguin. We got this guy thinking he was going to be the replacement for Phil Kessel when he left, and he's done absolutely nothing. He's going to be a healthy scratch tomorrow night against the Caps based on the practice lines today, and thank God because he's absolutely useless. Well, it seems like they've they've given him time after time, like chance (laughs) after chance where they're like, all right, this is his last year where he really has to prove himself or else we're going to cut ties with him. He just has no confidence. And And then they just say that every year. Well, to make it worse, like – you know, they just signed him to a two-year deal over the summer, and he's making $3 million a year. It's like, what the fuck was Hextall smoking? Like, yeah, I don't know. But anyways, the Penguins posted a picture of him when he cut his hair and said, new hair, new cappy. And I commented, please, God. And then nothing happened after <laughs> that. And I was like, I guess nothing's going to change. So wow. whatever. Um, You know, the Pens, they got to turn around sooner than later. I, I, I'm not hitting panic button yet, but... I'm really close. I think if we if we don't beat Washington, something big is going to happen. I don't know what it is, but you can't lose eight in a row to a rival like that. You just can't. Well, this is exactly why I don't want the Caps-Penguins matchup to come right now because I want to see the Penguins keep struggling, and I feel like this is exactly the type <laughs> of game that they need to like give Turn them the like, jolt of energy to like be like, hey, wake the fuck up. You have a big game to play that you don't want to lose, and yeah. I feel like they'll find a way to win. And Chris Letang's been bad. He's been really bad. I think he's like a minus 10 in his last five games. He's been brutal. I mean – even like, you know, Sid, like he hasn't really been playing that well. They took Raquel off his line and they switched it with Rust. And he was playing so good with Raquel. And now Raquel sucks with Malkin. And I don't really know what Sullivan's thinking. I could go on <laughs> and on, but it's just a disaster. They need the win in Washington real bad. You can't drop eight in a row. That's just not acceptable. Usually I you and I cook up my... some sort of fucking bet with these games, but I'm not sure I have enough confidence to even bet on the Caps right now. I need someone to stop me from putting my life savings on the pens tomorrow because it's going to be a pick Who do you think is going to be favored? Yeah, I was going to say it's probably going to be like minus one ten apiece or something like that. I, it, it's going to be close. It, Maybe you guys will get the advantage because we have so many yeah. injuries. I was also, thinking they might give you us. You guys have lost seven in a row. So like Vegas loves us. They love to make us huge favorites. If if we're anything like minus one twenty or better, I might hammer the shit out of that. Not because I think we're going to win, but I'm just like they got to win eventually like yeah you know so it is that mode where it's like money line every night until they win because it's not going to go on that much longer and oh i'm i'm lucky that i wasn't stupid because when they played seattle on sunday or saturday it was like minus 210 and i was like oh you know what like maybe i'm just (laughs) gonna do it like yeah they're not gonna lose seven in a row at home off of three days rest to the kraken sure shit I mean, I would have thought that I would have thought they would have won that game too. But all right. <laughs> Anyways, I'm I'm done there. Let's hope uh, by next week's recording that I'm a little more on the positive side of things. But uh, Mac, if you don't have any further notes, I think we're just about done. Yeah, I think that'll do it for me. Yeah, it's been a been a busy week. Uh, it has. Nick being out, Tuesday. it's we, it's weird. Like with two people, I I will say it's yeah. it's a strange thing. Like we've gotten so used to you being on the pod after like two years, it's it's a little weird. Yeah. Um, no, I totally feel that. Nick, we miss you. Hoping you're feeling better. And um, yeah, definitely just go follow us on Twitter. That's my best advice. We're always talking gambling stuff over there. Um, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, anything you name it. Social media bios have all the cane footwear as as we were talking um and that's about it so thank you everybody for listening and without further ado class dismissed